Action Park Media. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glut. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. Hi, Paige. Hey. I hope um, in the final edit, I'm louder than you. Well, we can arrange that. I think we're the same volume, but you seem to think we're louder. I I said it so that I'm louder. It appears on the levels that I'm much louder, or as they would say, hotter. Mm -hmm. But I hear you so much like you're screaming at me again and you've said four words. I'm so sorry. I'm basically whispering right now. I know. I don't get it. And I'm yelling. Um, What are we talking about today? Accountability is the topic for today. Not only what is accountability, but I think it's really interesting. I'd love to hear what you have to say, like about what should one be looking for in an accountability partner? How can you be a better accountability partner? Can accountability be part of, you know, being part of a group? I think it's such an important topic. A bunch of people have been asking questions about that lately too um, at AmericanGlutton.net. Okay. Accountability. So that's the state of being held responsible for something. Mm. Um, I I think that uh, I'm trying to think of the many different ways that this can be done. Um, you know, and and I find it very difficult if I'm being only accountable to myself. Although I will say that through decades, I kind of did become only accountable to myself um, other than my wife's input sporadically of like, hey, you're you're this is a bit too extreme or, you know, um, you can't only eat turkey breast for Christmas dinner or something like that. You're making the kids uncomfortable, like that kind of thing where it became like. I'm now accountable to the family to like be a member of the group and like participate in, in their gluttony over Christmas and the holidays. (laughs) Um, So I think in, 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 in terms of like uh, certain 12 step groups like AA and, and OA um, where, you know, you're showing up with other people and you're discussing your triumphs and failures and you're you're being accountable to that group to some degree um i think there's other things where you know people hire a, a fitness trainer and and it's this you're you're then being accountable to them um they're they're motivating you you're also paying them so there's that aspect which could muddy the waters a little bit, but I think I always wanted to please the trainers that I've had, you know, um, to at least show that the, the effort they're putting there isn't being wasted on me when it comes to something like, a a spouse or, 
a friend. I think it becomes tricky if there's a long history there where maybe you have set up certain things you wanted to accomplish and and then not accomplish them. And so I think if that's the case, it can be hard to undo that so that you get to the point where you can then be held responsible by them for something. Does that, does that make sense? Oh my God. A hundred percent. Like if, uh, if I think back to, uh, my parents who had me on diets when I was a little kid and I cheated on these diets, every possible chance I got, I don't think I would have been successful ever employing them as accountability partners or, in that manner in, in in my later life i i just don't i think i had trampled over the idea so much that i was going to stick to anything kind of in an agreement with them that it would have been virtually impossible now this doesn't mean i have an awful relationship with my parents i have a great relationship with my parents um i love them very much i just think this one aspect so so basically what I'm saying is if, and I, and I would posit this for anything you're having real trouble um, changing in your life. So if it's drugs or alcohol, uh, food, um, and you have a person in your life who you've told many times, I'm going to stop doing this thing, but then you didn't, or you, or you subverted your attempts to to curb this behavior and and they 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 weren't actually actively successful as accountability partners i would suggest not blindly going to them and going this time's going to be different i now want you to hold me accountable i you know, and it's not to say like you should like break up with this person or like not speak to them. I'm not saying they're bad people. I'm just, I, I would say more than anything that the responsibility lies with the individual who, who had the failures. You know, there's also a little bit of the thing of like if if you're looking at this as something to assist you, I wouldn't necessarily just try a bunch of stuff that you've already tried that has not been successful. I would I would try something new. So if if you have a friend who you respect very much, you're very honest with, you value their opinion, um you could look to them and go like I want your help. I want you to keep me honest. Um if I'm struggling, I want to be able to talk to you openly and have some feedback where you're not telling me it's okay to do the thing that I'm trying to stop doing. Um and and maybe maybe it's an honest conversation with your partner that hasn't held you accountable where you say like look we we discussed this in the past or i've made many attempts here's all the times i here's how i messed that up i started like sneaking cheeseburgers or whatever don't go anywhere we'll be right back I would look for the ways that like if you're going back to an individual who you've had some kind of relationship in this realm with and you've had failures, I would look for how those um, failures began, what were what were contributing factors to those failures 
And I would talk to the person and go like, you know, I really want you to hold me accountable. Uh, you know, maybe for a period, don't bring Oreos. You know, then we get into the enabling. Are they really capable of holding you accountable? Because sometimes it might take a change in their behavior too, mm-hmm. right? Because you're never going to go to an Overeaters Anonymous meeting and see somebody walk in there with a dozen donuts. That's not going to happen. Everybody's there. There's like an agreed upon purpose for why people are there. So if you don't have the person's agreement, it's going to be tough for them to hold you accountable. If they're, if your goal is, um, I'm going to stop eating Oreos and their goal is I'm going to eat as many Oreos as possible in front of you. That's going to be a tough thing to do with them, right? If every time you sit down and you go, let's discuss how I'm having a hard time not eating Oreos while this person is hoovering Oreos into their mouth, not the best person to hold you accountable. Mm -hmm. Um, We talked once before about uh, spouses, partners, people you're in a relationship with who, who might be actually working counter to your intentions I think all of it requires a lot of communication, a lot of like, um, and, and, and with the idea that maybe you're not going to hit every point in this conversation. And so if new stuff comes up, it's okay to discuss the new stuff as it comes up. This is another thing about changing your life around that I, I, I think about a lot is like day one, you don't know, you cannot posit or imagine every scenario you're going to be in. I mean, maybe somebody can, maybe Einstein could have, um, uh, I, I, I couldn't, I would, I would sit down and try to lay out here are all the, the places that snag me or trip me up. And I would, um, I would really get into detail on how, how they snag, they, they trip me up and how they set me back. And, 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 and it, it, a lot of it, I mean, almost entirely involved my behavior, what my behavior was, how my behavior was contributing to my failure and how I was going to try to undo that. Right. But then sure enough, you're going through life and new stuff's coming up and you're going, wow, I never thought of that. Okay. Well, how am I going to navigate this? Right. So it's not necessarily, um, that in this conversation, you're going to be able to spot everything like Here's all the points I want your help with. Maybe something's going to come up next week that you didn't think of, and you're going to have to have another conversation and go, you know what? There's more. Here's another area I was having trouble with. Can you help me out? Or can you keep me honest? Or whatever it is. I I think these people are really, really valuable. I have, um, unfortunately, um, I even with my best friends had a, a few... And I, I think it I think it links back to drugs because I lied to them a lot about drug use. And because of that, then at certain points, I tried to do diets and I tried to do regimens and programs and I would talk to them about it. But I had so much history of lying to them about drugs that then when it came to lying to them about my diet, it was kind of easy there's certain areas where I don't cross the boundary of honesty and dishonesty, but when it comes to hurting myself, I can be very, very dishonest. Um, and then we come to Brandy and Brandy 
I'm not dishonest with. And I, I, I value that, um, kind of sacrosanct relationship I have with her where I know that there is going to be, it's not always going to be comfortable. It's not always going to be easy, but I know that, um, that our relationship is such where I'm not going to lie and I'm not going to do stuff that is, uh, opposing. And this is not to say I've never, uh, I'll say this uh, when I, when I have cheated on diets in our relationship, we wind up having a fight and I have to go, why are we fighting? Oh yeah. I just ate in and out on my ride home. And then when I came in, when I got home and she was like, what are we having for dinner? And I was like, why, you know, why are you coming at me so hot like this? And I had to go like, Hey, I just ate in and out. So if you have somebody that you're not willing to actually go down the path of like hiding stuff and lying to, I think that's the person you look to, to go like, I need your help. I'd like to have somebody to talk to about this. I'm struggling with this thing. Um, I really want to make a change. I really want to start on diet. So that's who I would suggest you get for, for this. If you're, you know, if you have a relationship with your wife or your husband or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your sister, or your brother, or your mom or your dad, where you have actively hidden the behavior that you're trying to change, that's maybe not the person to, to go to. This is also why, um, you know, these groups or pick a doctor or somebody who you can go and talk to who you have a very open relationship with, who you're not going to lie to. I think that's the that's the thing when I think about accountability that would get in the way the most is dishonesty. Mm -hmm. So somebody that you don't, you, you know, you won't lie to. I think so. It's ideal. I mean, like if you're, you know, there's a lot to be said about what we're talking about. Lying to that person really you're sabotaging yourself. So, but that's obvious. Like we know yeah. that we know that when we're cheating on a diet or an eating plan that we're really only sabotaging ourselves. I have such a long history of self-sabotage that it was really hard for me to get to a point where I think that was what got in my way the most was just like, I became professional at cheating on diets as a kid. Um, because I didn't want to be on a diet. I know I was not, uh, I was not a, a, a willing participant. Mm -hmm. Um, so I didn't even have to really rationalize it very much. It was just like, you want me to do this thing. I really don't want to do it. Um, after getting caught a couple of times, I just got good at not getting caught, you know? Um, and I also found that like, I would get rewarded with food for, X number of days or weeks of doing well on a diet, which is completely crazy. So if I don't get caught now, it's like really extra bonus to not get caught because I can kind of do whatever I want, you know, surreptitiously, inconspicuously, and then also get this bonus of this thing that I want. Like it, because I was not a willing participant. Um, 
I'm only damaging myself. I, I wasn't going around going like I'm, I wasn't considering that I was like stealing from my parents. Um, maybe I should have, but that just wasn't the way I thought of it. Um, and so it was very easy for me to lie to them when it came to damaging myself. So then I start doing drugs and I start drinking a lot and my life gets completely out of my hands and I can't talk to them because I've done so much lying in this area. That's, that was my experience. Yeah. So what do you think about like the idea of like, what are the best qualities then that you can have as someone else's accountability partner, right? Or like, I think of my own self and, you know, Brandy and I last year decided to do um, a diet plan together. And it's the first time I think in our whole entire friendship, which is 25 years plus, that we've really done it and not gone crazy and, you know, whatever and back to square one as a side note. But it was like it for me, it took her going, okay, we got we got to do this. I was expressing how miserable I was and so on anyway uh, but but like what I'm trying to say is prior to that we had years of being off of a diet together of cheating on diets together of you know being done starting a new thing whatever but I wouldn't like seek out Brandy as my accountability partner if I were trying to think of it that way but there is something to like your friend or your buddy or your husband or wife or whatever your partner that you've had this kind of road with and you both make that decision at the same time and if it's like real, you know, you can, you can actually do it together. This is, I mean, this is a great example that is perfectly illustrative of how everything I just said is totally bullshit. Not necessarily, but also that pick your husband, pick your wife, pick your best friend who you've cheated on diets with, who... While you're in the middle of a diet, you decide to go get Dunkin' Donuts or something like that in the past. I don't know exactly what went on with you and Brandy, but I'm sure in my mind, you were both very determined. You both had each other's backs. You probably were both uh, very open with the struggles mm -hmm. and both very uh, had similar goals that were set up. And so you were rooting for each other. So... I think it can totally be also that like you've cheated on your diet a hundred times with your wife and, and, and now you really want to make a go of it. And you, I, I just think figuring out spending any time figuring out, um, what has tripped you up places that have, uh, caused regression. Um, I think that's a good thing because mm -hmm. we can go into something just going like, well, it's a, you know, I read this book, then now I'm just going to do this and this time it's going to work and not look at how our behavior gets in the way sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I don't know exactly. Maybe you can tell, tell us what, what, what was different about this one? It's interesting. I think, uh, a couple of things. I think we were both really ready, like personally, like I know I need to make a change and she's thinking the exact same thing at the exact same time. Like, I know I, I don't like how I feel. And we both knew that, I think. And because we're so close, there was just like a, I see you, you see me. Okay, it's time, you know. And she pushed it through to like, we're doing this and this and this. Um, and I think also this is a little off topic, but uh, we're both at a point in our lives where we're trying, of course, it's how you look, right? Everyone has that. But 
you know, we're entering a later period of life and it's like, I'm not 25 anymore and I don't have the years to like do something for a while and not do something and not be concerned about health and longevity. As you know, I want us all to live to 104, which you have disagreed with. I don't disagree with you. You can live as long as you <laughs> no, want. No, I want all of us to be together. I understand. I'm I'm going to be happy with the average male lifespan <laughs> right. no, if I, I get know. there. I know. Uh, on whatever, I think it's 78 now, mm-hmm. I am going to sail off into the sunset with a bucket of cheeseburgers. <laughs> okay. But we're at this point in our life where it's like, how do we want to feel for the rest of it? Be it, you know, 30, 40, 50 more years, whatever, right? It's like, how do we want to feel? And I, so I think part of it for both of us, again, at the same time was like this shift of intention. Like, yes, we're trying to lose weight. It's like such a um, simple way to put it, but why? So I think there was part of that too. I think it all just kind of happened at the same time. Yeah. I believe losing weight is very easy. I wouldn't say that for 100% of the people it's very easy, but I know a lot of people who have lost weight. Yeah. I know not a lot of people who have successfully kept weight off. Mm-hmm. That is the place where people seem to get tricked up, tripped up. Mm-hmm. Um so what is different about this time with A, how you guys have maintained and B, how you plan to continue maintaining? Well, there's a lot of conversation about maintenance, right? And a lot of it comes from you. Thankfully, we have you as someone we can pick your brain all the time on that. You bring that up a lot to her, which she then brings up to me. And, you know, so I think... We've realized that is important. Like, like you just said, I have uh, for myself. I have lost weight in small, medium, and large amounts a lot of times in my entire life. I have never kept it off consistently for. I mean, never. So, um, I think there's a lot of conversation about it. There's plans on exactly what to do. We've talked to you. We've looked at the diet that we were doing. What do they say? And so on. And like an active effort toward that. And it's a stated goal. It's not just like, cool, I'm done with my diet now. Let's go get pizza and drink this wine and whatever. It's like, cool. What? It's just, it's a stated goal. It's part of the, it's not just let's lose weight. It's less, let's lose weight and keep it off and be healthy for the rest of our years, you know? So um, it's, I think a couple of those things and just actively working on that. And during this time, I think, I know you've seen it with her, but like we have taken some breaks and, you know, not just been trying, trying, trying to lose. Yeah. Um, so that's been, that's been totally different. I never, ever thought of it that way. I think, I think, um, that <clears throat> having, I think having people to talk to is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you guys do, uh, I don't know if you'd call it a support group, but you guys have like a whole Marco Polo thing that you guys are always and text chains where yes. you're checking in with each other. Yeah, I think that's all super helpful to to get to be a part of that. And um, have you all as a group ever done something like this before? I don't think so. So maybe that's the the different aspect of because I know. You know, we too have known each other for decades, mm-hmm. and I can surely recall p- 
periods um, where you and Brandy were on a plan and then you guys were baking cookies at three o'clock in the morning, <laughs> you know, and, and I'd just be like, well, that plan's done, <laughs> <It's> done. <laughs> um, which is fine. No mm-hmm. judgment. I, I, I like when the house smells like cookies mm-hmm. when I wake up and the whole, and, you know, and there's evidence everywhere. <laughs> right. um, this is fun. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You know, so I would just point out that maybe the difference isn't just that it was just you and her. It mm-hmm. was a bigger group of people yeah. who were all checking in with each other. Yeah. There's, it sounds to me like there's somewhat more structure there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think it's, I think it's very difficult uh, to be, you know, I go back to this um, poem, No Man is an Island, and I just think it's really tough. Um, not impossible. I don't think anything's impossible, but I do think it becomes tough to, to figure stuff out all the time by yourself. Mm-hmm. I think it's good to have people to talk to and go like, I'm struggling with this. Do you have ideas mm-hmm. or what's our plan for this scenario? Or um, just literally to take the thought from your head and put it out and not, you know, talking to a wall, mm-hmm. talking to somebody who's absorbing it and understanding it and, you know, giving you some feedback. Um, yeah. And there's moments where if you do have a group, so yeah, I have Brandy and I, and then we have a wider group of girls that are also doing what we're doing. Some very new to the party and some have been doing it for some months, but we, we do, we have a group chain. And I do notice that, um, if someone's feeling, and there's, there's little groups within the group, but like, if I'm having a day and I just want to like say, fuck it and break the plan, like I can just text them and go, oh my God, I'm having the worst day in the world. I really wish I could eat X, Y, Z right now. And somebody will be the person who goes, totally get it. You should drink more water, make a, have a Zevia, put it on ice with a straw, make it pretty, you know, whatever. So the that's an example. But the point is like, you can all be, um, some people can be strong in certain moments and then other people can be strong in others. And it's like an exchange, which leads me to the Second part of this I want to ask you before we wrap this up is like, what do you think are the good qualities to have as the accountability partner, the person who someone's coming to you and I'm struggling because it's like there's tough love and there's, you know, they're the trainers that just employ that or, you know, what, and then there's the people who don't want to offend you or upset you. And so they're like, no, I totally understand. Like, what? I don't know. You know, there's so many different approaches. What do you think some of the things are? that you can do as that person to keep someone going? I think that, um, you know, I think it can be, uh, first of all, it's important to know what exactly the person is trying to do, right? To understand their goals very specifically um, and understand what they want from you. That's also important. I get into a weird place, um, where it can become frustrating if you know and mostly i've experienced this with people coming and asking me advice on sobriety and and i'm like you know here's what here's what i did and here's what worked for me 
And then the third or fourth time I have to have that conversation with somebody, I'm kind of like, I don't want to have this conversation mm, anymore. Like the same person you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Over, you know, some years or something. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just like, you know, I, I, I want to help people, but I can only really relay my experience. Mm-hmm. That's all I've got. And I, I don't know. I, you know. I don't I don't always know that I'm going to relay it differently enough so that suddenly well now it makes sense mm-hmm. you know yeah and and sometimes I think it can be that a person wants to be wants to have somebody to talk to about how tough it is but doesn't isn't actually invested in changing and that I go like I don't want to be that person's accountability partner. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I really don't because I, I actually think it's, um, you know, I find it to be frustrating. So, but I, but if I see somebody who's super motivated and, um, and that's not to say somebody's who's not coming with new issues, like, well, this thing happened and I didn't know what to do. And, um, I'm saying like somebody whose motivation waxes and wanes. I'm super motivated. Help me. Okay, here's what here's what I did. Okay, a week later, I'm not motivated anymore. A week later, I'm motivated again. And it's just like, oh, I can only do that so many times mm-hmm. if your motivation's waxing and waning. So I, I think um, it's... T- uh, what I'm saying is I think if if you as the accountability partner are running into somebody who's just not motivated because they're not doing it. Not that, um, I think it's okay to go like, Hey, I'm going to step away from this job. I'm not, don't, I don't, you don't, ha- I'm not, you don't have to be accountable to me anymore for this. Because if you're just having somebody checking in going, I'm not really doing that thing anymore. Um, that is something I've found to be frustrating. Um, I, so I think there's a, a responsibility on both people's parts. If you are making somebody your partner in this area, you have the responsibility to stay their partner, which means you're going to do what you're supposed to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. So I think it's figuring out, you know, I, I don't I don't believe that getting mad at people when they have failures is a good idea. I don't think people do well from that or or you know being super judgmental or or critical of them i think you talk it through you figure out how to beat the beat the thing the next time or if that situation comes up again what do you do to fix it like that i'm super into um i can have those conversations a lot Mm -hmm. a lot more than just recognizing that the person's not interested and trying to be there for them. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that's what I would do. I, uh, I, I just, I just think it's a lot of uh, figuring out how to kind of set up your life so that the, the areas or the obstacles or the, the burdensome things that trip you up are, as easily navigated as possible. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. That's what I would suggest. Pretty good. Yeah. All right. Well, good talk, Paige. Good talk, Ethan. Yeah. Thanks for sharing all that. Yeah. Bye, guys.
And now for the Q&A. John wants to know. Hi, John. At my heaviest, I was over 310, and I just broke into the 220s. Nice, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. He says, I feel like I'm hitting a bit of a wall and losing motivation. He wants to know if you ever struggle with motivation part of the way through. I have. um, I have, certainly, in my life. I I think that I... Struggled with motivation at times when I expected to see um, progress that I didn't necessarily deserve or not deserve isn't right. That was not realistic. And so um, my plans now are all kind of aimed at the rest of my life in, in a way where I go like, how can I eat for the rest of my life and be happy that will give me enough flexibility that I can travel with my wife or take her out to dinner and not be like a paranoid weirdo and um, and also like that's sustainable that I'm not going to get sick of and how can I work out where I'm not going to have huge injuries that's not where I'm not using exercise as <laughs> Weight loss. She's laughing at you, John. I'm coughing. Sometimes she laughs at the people we're doing this, and it's so weird and rude. God, please. I'm sorry. You can hear her laughing. She's trying to say she's coughing. I'm not laughing. I was coughing. Uh, So you brought COVID into my house? That's not nice, Paige. (laughs) That's not. None of this is good. Anyway, um, as I was saying, John, before Paige fully interrupted us, uh, I... I now am thinking in things, she's still laughing, that are so long term that that are also just totally their habits. So like there's there's no part of it that is um uh that is stressful. I, I feel better after the gym. Why would I stop going to the gym? I, I feel better th- immediately after the gym. And so that's kind of what I'm looking for now. If there were certainly times where I would kick my ass so hard in the gym that uh, I was exhausted for the rest of the day, I can't do that forever. How long can you do that? Where you're where you're pushing yourself so hard in the gym that the rest of the day is shot. I would lose motivation. I I did lose motivation. What would either happen to me in that situation is I would get injured and not be able to continue or I would eventually just get so exhausted that I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm not motivated to do this anymore. Kind of the same thing with diets and and why I don't really want to push a diet on anyone. I happen to think the way I diet is the best way to diet. That's what I think. But I don't think it's right for everyone. I don't think that everyone should be eating the way that I eat. My kids couldn't eat the way I eat. They would. They hate the food I eat. And then every now and again, one of them will say, like, that looks really good. Can I have that? And I'll say, yeah, of course. And they'll eat it and they'll go, like, this was great. And I'll go, you want to eat this four times a day with me? And they'll go, no fucking way, Dad. They don't swear to me that often. Um. Anyway... I'm really happy with how I eat. I don't get sick of the food. I'm not hungry 
ever. If I'm ever hungry, it's because I accidentally miss a meal or I'm working and couldn't get to my meal or I forgot to bring it. It's like my blunder and that's why I'm hungry. I'm not hungry because my my program has me not eating enough. Um, and I do switch up the way I flavor my food. Sometimes I'm in a Mexican mood. Sometimes I'm in an Asian mood. Those are the two I bounce back and forth between most. Um, very, very rarely I'll feel like I'm in an Italian mood and I'll add a bunch of garlic and parsley flakes to what I'm eating and crushed red chili flakes and, and, and try to pretend it's Italian food. But like, you got to remember, I grew up in America. So Italian food to me is like heavily breaded chicken Parmesan, spaghetti and meatballs and pizza. Like, that's what I think of when I think of Italian food. And then you go to Italy and you find like, oh no, it's totally different and it's actually delicious and you can be very healthy there. Um, but that's not, you know, I was raised with shakies where you get a pizza and fried chicken and like, this is somehow Italian. Uh, anyway, I digress. That's how I deal with motivation. I'm not looking, um, I think that the changes that are sustainable are changes that really can be forever. If you're doing keto and you're you're doing it because you want to lose a little bit of weight. But you plan on going back to carbs. You got to understand that. Uh, part of what carbs do is hydrate your muscles. Um, and fill them with fluid. That fluid weighs something. It's not fat. But you're going to gain weight when you eat carbs. Period. Um, and I'm talking about just. Uh, mean numbers on a scale. I'm not talking about fat. Um, so if you're not doing that forever, if you haven't decided that you're not going to eat carbs forever, you have to think about these things. And then if what you're doing is so stressful that you, that you have to motivate yourself to do it. Now, I would say take a diet break. You know, if your exercise is not fun, and not making you feel good, find some other exercise. This is really my advice. Um, and, and this is my advice to anyone who is um, looking to make a change in their life. Uh, you know, if you're 500 pounds and you want to do something extreme to kickstart your weight loss, I'm okay with that. But I think that the the more prescient thing to really focus on is what were you doing that got you to 500 pounds and how can you really change that but still be a happy person? That is, to me, the whole game. What kind of life can you build where you're happy with how you're existing and able to do it forever, literally forever, um, if the idea of never eating a piece of birthday cake again, fuck, I don't want to do that. I don't even particularly like birthday cake, but I'm going to want to eat a piece of birthday cake again. 
now that I would also say there was a period in my life where I went like, I'm maybe not going to have a piece of birthday cake for two years. I'm going to really work on these habits. And when I feel like I've got my legs under me, then I'm going to like start to mess around and have a piece of birthday cake occasionally when I know it's not going to sabotage everything and send me down some spiral hole of like, you know, Entenmann's and Sarah Lee wrappers in the trunk of my car. That's my advice to you. Thank you for your question. If you have a question that you'd like me to answer on this podcast, please submit it to AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. <laughs> <laughs>